And there we are, towards the end of the fairy tale, The Snow Queen. And this is the sixth story, and it's called The Lap Woman and The Thin Woman. And there's only one more story to the end. Gerda and the reindeer continue the journey. Gerda is getting closer to the Snow Queen's land and her castle where Kay is, asking for help. Um, from the lap woman and then the fin woman but what she gets is really just um, some talk uh, from the fin woman which tells her to just be confident and believe in her own heart. I suppose I find it quite hard to believe in myself, to have like self-confidence, to, to continue on my journey, continue doing my work which I, I really enjoy but sometimes it's like really hard to um, get the motivation and to carry on. Anyway, I just wanted to say that um, before Christmas I was in this um, play, I mean it's my own uh, one-woman show that I, I wrote and I performed. It was directed by Tony Hickson and also had um, voiceovers by Natasha Ann Kelleher. It's called Salamander. It's a one-woman show and it's partly based on the fairy tale uh, The Woman With No Hands. There is a recording of um, this fairy tale on the podcast, the full uh, fairy tale. Anyway, my play is set in between two worlds, an urban setting with uh, nosy neighbours and social media, also a dark fairy tale landscape where demons appear, pear tree and the mirror live. It tells the story of a woman who is sold to a man by her parents who are in debt. She finds herself trapped in a scary toxic relationship as she's hidden away, controlled and moved from place to place in a van. This piece explores themes of human trafficking, violence against women, as well as a woman's quest to find her freedom and inner strength. I enjoyed working at the cockpit. It's a really nice space. The people were really friendly. I liked a lot of the ideas that other performers and writers had and also the producers were really um, supportive. Their names are Amy Claire Tasker and Laura Lundy. I'd have to say my piece was very well received. There was um, audience participation at the end. They gave feedback. They, they liked the piece and they gave me quite a lot of um, feedback, which was, um, I'd say, mostly positive. Or, yeah, it was all positive and um, I got some sort of more ideas in how to develop the piece in future. So I'm happy about the outcome of this project. I look forward to perform it again. I'd have to I, I, I'll also say that it had projections and sound and the use of a lot of um, technology. At the end, I um, part of it was actually a, a TikTok video that I created and it was projected and that was very... A lot of people liked it. I suppose it's quite a young audience, very contemporary, and uh, I received a lot of compliments about that. For as much as I love film, I also really love theatre work. The expression of the voice, the body, the audience, the live audience, and you can get energy back from the audience um, responses. I've uh, been working on my voice, some voice development, because um, I, I'm interested in voice as I record the podcast and I work on stage. And I think 
voice is also very important uh, for film. And uh, um, I've been doing a class with um, William Trotter, who is an excellent voice teacher. The last class I did, we worked on um, a scene from The Seagull, uh, Masha and Medvedenko. And there's a scene in The Seagull where Medvedenko loves Masha, but she tells him that she can't love him back. Discovered a lot of um, new nuances in the scene, even though I worked on it before. We also worked on Midsummer's Night Dream, a speech of Titania, and I found a lot of variety in my voice by sort of moving and finding this fairy-like movement that then translated into the voice. Talking about voice, I continue my Buddhism practice, the Lotus Sutra, Nichiren Buddhism, and uh, where we chant for our desires and we use our voice. This practice brings me a lot of joy and it's really transformed my life. And I'll just speak a quote by Nichiren Daishonin. It's a very short quote and it says, Winter always turns into spring. Sixth story, the lap woman and the fin woman. They stopped in front of the little hut. The roof of it almost touched the ground and the doorway was so low that the family had to lie on their stomachs to crawl in it or out of it. No one was at home except an old lap woman who was cooking fish over a whale oil lamp. The reindeer told her Garda's whole story. Besides, Garda was so cold that she couldn't say a thing. Oh, you poor creatures, the lap woman said. You've still got such a long way to go. Why, you will have to travel hundreds of miles into the Finnmark, for it's there that the Snow Queen is taking a country vacation and burning her blue fireworks every evening. I'll jot down a message on a dried cold fish, for I haven't any paper. I want you to take it to the Finn woman who lives up there. She will be a able to tell you more about it than I can. The lap woman wrote a few words on a dried codfish, told Garda to take care of it, and tied her again on the back of the reindeer. Off he ran, and at last they came to the fin mark and knocked at the fin woman's chimney, for she hadn't a door. She was small and terribly dowdy. The woman read what was written on the codfish. She read it three times, and when she knew it by heart, she put the fish into the kettle of the soup, but they might as well eat it. She never wasted anything. The reindeer told the Finn woman Garda's story, and the Finn woman winked a knowing eye, but she wouldn't say anything. The reindeer asked the Finn woman to make a magic drink for Garda so that she could be as strong as twelve strong men. She may overpower the Snow Queen. Twelve 
old strong man thin woman sniffed much good that would be she went to the shelf took down a big rolled up skin and unrolled it on this skin strange characters were written and the thin woman read them until the sweat rolled down her forehead the reindeer again begged her to help garda and little garda looked at her with such tearful imploring eyes that the woman began winking again she took the reindeer aside in a corner and whispered to him Little Kay is indeed with the Snow Queen, and everything there is just as it suits him fine. He thinks it is the best place in all the world, but that's because he has a splinter of glass in his heart, a small piece of it in his eye. Unless these can be gotten out, he will never be human again. The Snow Queen will hold him in her power. No power that I could give could be as great as that which she already has. Don't you see how men and beasts are compelled to serve her and how far she has come in the wide world since she started out in her naked feet we mustn't tell her about this power strength lies in her heart because she is such sweet she's an innocent child if she herself cannot reach the snow queen and rid little Kay of those pieces of glass then there's no help that we can give her the snow queen's garden lies about eight miles from here you may carry the little girl there and put her down by the big bush covered with the red berries that grows on the snow then don't you stand there gossiping but hurry to get back here the reindeer galloped on until he and garda came to the big bush that was covered with red berries here he set garda down and kissed her while big shining tears ran down his face then he ran back as fast as he could little garda stood there right in the middle of icy Finmark. She ran as fast as ever she could. A whole regiment of snowflakes swirled toward her, but they did not fall from the sky, for there was not a cloud up there, and the northern lights were ablaze. The flakes skirmished along the ground and the nearer they came the larger they grew Gerda remembered how large and strange they had appeared when she looked at them under the magnifying glass but here they were much more monstrous and terrifying they were alive they were the snow queen's advance guard and their shapes were most strange some looked like ugly overgrown porcupines somewhere like a knot of snakes that stuck out their heads in every direction and others were like fat little bears with every hair a bristle all of them were glistening white for all were living snowflakes it was so cold that as little Garda said the lord's prayer she could see her breath freezing in front of her mouth like a cloud of smoke it grew thicker and thicker and took the shape of little angels that grew bigger and bigger the moment they touched the ground all of them had helmets on their heads and they carried shields and lances in their hands rank upon rank they increased and when Gerda had finished her prayer she was surrounded by a legion of angels they struck the dread snowflakes with their lances and shivered them into a thousand pieces. Little Garda walked on, 
Unmolested and cheerful, the angels rubbed her hands and feet to make them warmer, and she trotted briskly along to the Snow Queen's palace. But now, let us see how little Kay was getting on. Little Garda was furthest from his mind, and he hadn't the slightest idea that she was just outside the palace.